0: Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor,
1: and I'm Stan Fowler,
0: and we want to welcome you to be uh, to be joining with us today. We're glad that you tuned in, and Stan, uh, today we're going to uh, follow up a conversation I think we've alluded to in the past, and it's been uh, highlighted on my Facebook feed more more recently by our good friend Michael Haken, who has been an instructional professor here at our Learning Center at Grandview from time to time, but he's a great historian. And uh, he reflects on some of the controversies we're having today over lockdown or in the past, some theological controversies, and how sometimes that brings out uh, the best things in us in terms of how we disagree and sometimes the worst. And he reflects on a, on a discussion, a argu- potential argument between uh, uh, Andrew Fuller and Abraham Booth, and how these two men disagreed on a theological matter, not, a non, not an incidental one, but a fairly significant theological matter. And he, he comments how, uh, he says, Fuller's example speaks uh, a better way, how he disagreed. He says, "'Oh, or if Fuller will not be heard, hear Paul,' 1 Corinthians 3, 3, "'For since there is envy and strife among you, "'are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans?' And his point is, God forbid that we who are um, leaders of God's people, who are examples of Jesus Christ, should mimic the world in how we go about dealing with controversy. And some of the controversy is very significant, but still there's a way to go about that that will instruct the world really how to resolve their issues. And so let's talk about uh, within our tribe, within our friends, uh, I think our friends, how we can um, go about dealing honestly, passionately, but in a way that is
1: otherworldly. It's, it's an absolutely um, necessary conversation that we have. Um, this week I, I saw that Facebook post that you're alluding to from our friend Michael my dear friend, Michael, whom I've worked with since 1982. Um, I, and I saw that not long after I had seen some other examples in social media of, of a new level of nastiness and personal attack in, in this whole painful debate we're having right now among Christian leaders about how the church should rightly respond to government restrictions during the, the COVID crisis. And I, I was just particularly uh, turned off by what I saw on social media. And I thought, we've, we've got to think much harder and, and, and work much harder at carrying on our disagreements in, in candid but respectful and helpful ways. But we're
0: not just talking about our quarrel with government. We're talking about quarrel within our
1: people, about how we respond to the government, so we're really it's between us that's right we We aren't talking about uh the concept of church and state as much as we are talking about about an intramural battle among people in our tribe mm-hmm. about how we how we think about church and state in in our current situation and it's a, it's a controversy in which it's understandable why people would come to different conclusions because we're trying to live out a, a, a balance between biblical principles of respect for governing authorities but a recognition that ultimately Christ is king over the universe and head over the church. So it, the, the, the biblical evidence doesn't all easily Point in the same direction. We all recognize that. We're trying to live out that biblical balance. But the conversation ha- has become vitriolic. We've we got people demonizing others. It reminded me of um, a very helpful thing I read at the end of Tim Keller's book, Center Church, where he talks about polemics. Those those unfortunate necessary times when we end up disagreeing with fellow Christians, and and he gives suggestion about how we carry on uh, that disagreement conversation, and and he suggests these things. Number one, never attribute an opinion to your opponents that they themselves do not own. Don't don't assume. Okay, if they believe X, well they certainly believe Y. If they don't believe Y, don't accuse them of it. Number two, take your opponent's views in their entirety, not selectively. Not just one comment here or there. Number three, represent your opponent's position in its strongest form, not in a weak, straw man mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. Now that, that's just the golden rule applied to conversation when we disagree. Every one of us would say to others, if you want to express your disagreement with me, that's okay because I'm not infallible. But at least respond to what I actually am saying. Yeah. Number four, seek to persuade, not antagonize. Brother. And, and, and that's important. And finally, remember the gospel and stick to criticizing the theology because only God knows the heart. And in that spot at the end of that chapter, this wonderful chapter in his book, um, Keller, Keller has a bit of a quote from John Newton in his uh, letter on controversy that has, I've seen that circulating mm-hmm. on Facebook recently as well. And, and Newton just lays it out so well in saying, when we argue with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to recognize we're part of the family and we need to do it in love and respect I mean, Scripture calls us to treat even our enemies, even enemies of the gospel, Mm -hmm. with dignity and respect, much more so when we're talking about fellow believers. So I'm just terribly, uh, terribly sad and distraught, really, about the way in which there's this tendency to demonize one another and become very nasty in this discussion. I'm thinking of
0: Paul... In his (coughs) response to the Judaizers in Galatians, where he says some shocking things about some very plain things, (laughs) yeah, and I'm saying, okay, how does that fit with what we're talking about? Is there are we seeing any of that today?
1: Is that justified in Paul's case? Well, if 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 we're encountering people who are clearly opposing. God and Christ and the Gospel. People who are on the attack against crucial truth about God and His ways and His works. Then, if we're if we're following Paul, we we will uh, be ready to speak plainly and and state how serious we we understand that error to be. But but the same Paul who wrote Galatians wrote Second Timothy. Chapter 2, when he reminds Timothy that the way, you'd, the way he was to deal with the false teachers he was encountering was patiently, kindly, gently, in hopes that, sa- that they would be delivered from, from Satan. You know, spiritual warfare via patient, gentle teaching of the truth. So we, we need to, to remember all that Paul wrote. Before we fasten on a couple of sentences in Galatians and say, "Okay, that's everything we need to know,"
0: right? So, if if it's not a gospel, first of all, do you think it's a gospel issue? The the one we're, we're dealing with right now, with lockdown churches being um, limited—I wouldn't say closed, but you know, the gathering size is being limited, and some churches are being padlocked. But is is this a gospel issue?
1: Well, I I. I th- that that phrase, gospel issue, is being thrown around a lot and needs yeah. to be used very carefully, I think. And I, I would say, no, it's not. Because we're being told that we have to limit what we teach. Um, we aren't even, except for this few weeks, we, we aren't even being told you you can't have any kind of real worship gathering. There Now there are greater limits on it now right. than there would normally be with just fire code capacity. But... But it's but it's and and it's only because we're caught up in more general regulations about large gatherings. Yeah. It's no special attack on the church. So I would say, no, it's not a gospel issue. So
0: if if we cooperate with it and modify the way we do church, what is the rationale for attacking us? Have you made have you sense? We we are there are attacks being made churches like ours, who may not agree with the government, but we comply and we don't outwardly complain and mock them. Um, so the rationale that is uh, used to oppose and, and vilify us, what I don't understand the rationale.
1: Well, it's my, my, in my listening and reading, it, it starts with God commands us to meet. The Bible commands the church to meet. Pure and simple, we have to meet. Now, in point of fact, the Bible doesn't spell that out in the kind of detail that these critics think it does, Um, and so they say we're we're just disobeying God if we don't meet in our normal way. That that's where it starts. But especially more recently, I think that the argument shifts to all these government restrictions are idiotic, stupid. Government is just trying to play the tyrant. Um, It has bad effects on, on mm-hmm. all kinds of people in small business and, and people who have to go to work and so on and so on. Well, okay, but that's a different argument from saying this is an attack on Christ and his church. That's saying we think the current government restrictions are misguided. Well, if it's okay to challenge the restrictions. So is
0: that the church's place, though, to tell the government what you're doing is stupid, you're hurting people's livelihoods and their health? Is that on us?
1: well i th- I mean, we might have a responsibility to speak up for those who are being hurt if we feel there's reason to but but that can be done, we can challenge while complying, and we can also do it with respect yeah i mean we, we could say it's it's one thing to say to the governing authorities, look, we understand what you're doing is well intentioned, we understand there's a legitimate concern, but we think it's the wrong way forward for these reasons. It's another thing to say, you're, you're, you're a bunch of idiots who just, who just love power and, and you're just doing this because you love power. I mean, that, that's a very different approach. So whether, we're, whether it's a disagreement with government or a disagreement among ourselves um, within the family of God, there are right and wrong ways to express our disagreement. You and I have no doubt in the past heard the right and wrong ways that, say, church board meeting. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if I say, yeah. you're an idiot, you're totally wrong, here I stand, I can do no other. Yeah. You know, Luther mm-hmm. and I, here I stand. It's another thing to say, you know, Bob, I, I mean, I, I wish I could go where you're going with that. I'm trying to understand the argument, but I'm just having trouble getting there. That keeps the conversation going. Yeah, I remember you actually using those words in my presence. Oh, oh my. Well, I don't <laughs> have any particular memory of it, it but was, maybe I have. It
0: was well done. Those, well are, said.
1: those are two very different things. One carries on a respectful, edifying conversation. Yeah. The other closes it off and, and, and destroys harmony among God's people.
0: Yeah, we value the relationship. My wife will talk about a time in a church in our past as a young person she was new to the faith, loved Jesus, loved everybody, one big happy family. Until
1: she went to a business meeting, <laughs> church business meeting,
0: and unbelievable, it just set her back on her heels as a young believer. Uh, people were, it, it was like parliament. People were getting up and accusing the pastor of having ulterior motives, and 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 these people think that somehow they're doing well. They're they're speaking the truth boldly. Uh, And they've got no regard for the affection and love we're to have for one another. And this is, it it killed her.
1: Well, it it has devastating effects on people within the church and on people out on the outside observing the church.
0: And on Facebook, everything's observed. And I just think uh, we need to think twice before we press that button and send something off. Uh, It's great to express yourself, but it's also an opportunity to express the unique way that we go about speaking the truth to each other in love. Well, Stan, we're out of time. As usual, it happens too soon, but uh, we'll we'll hear more about this conversation, I'm sure, in the days to come. I'm sure we will. Thanks for listening. Keep
1: on thinking.